Hello, and welcome to Here's My Number, So Call Me Ishmael, the podcast formerly known as Davy Jones Locker Room Talk. It's a cultural quiz show, and so much more. I'm Tony, here with Austin, and a new guest this week, Mr. Ryan Van Wingerden. Ryan, how are you? I'm, I'm well. I'm good. Good. You are well and good. Oh, yeah, I guess. Uh, well is and that's the correct all. thing to say. <laughs> yeah. You're feeling well, it's all and, well you and, are, and you are a good person. All's well that begins well? All, ooh. You get a little uh, Shakespeare Jr. Wow. <laughs> the Bible. <laughs> the Bible. <laughs> no, it's the counterpoint. The counterpoint to that, I would say. Uh, <laughs> uh, Ryan, could you tell our listeners how you know the hosts of this podcast? Um, well, I, I just met Austin just now. Yeah. And uh, Tony, I've known, I met him in high school. We've Ooh. known each other for a while. We, we did uh, things like improv together and plays and different things. And we also, we also did improv together in college as well. We did. You and I have, you and I have performed together many times. Oh, Lord. Oh, innumerable. 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 Austin, would you say that you are a jealous lover slash podcast host? Does it does it hurt you to hear that I have performed with Ryan before? Well, you've never performed for me, Tony, so <laughs> um, I'll believe it when I see it. Let's see, let's see the tapes. Um, no, I'm not jealous. Okay. I, uh, you know, honestly, I wasn't listening. So what? What am? What am I? What am I supposed to be jealous of? It's okay, you can go back. We're recording this. Yeah. Uh, oh, perfect. I'll play, I'll play it back for you. No, I just, Ryan right. and I have been in theatrical performances together since since we were like 14 or 15 years old. And I just didn't want you to feel jealous because you and I have only been doing this for a few months. Um, yeah, I, I feel like you think I actually wasn't listening. I'm sorry for that bit. I played that a little too straight. <laughs> I've been hanging on both your every word, and I'm I'm so jealous, and uh, I'm trying to act like it's not affecting me, but it really is. Well, I need every competitive edge that I can get. I think so. Oh, this will be That's good. true. That's this true. Be good. And I need every handicap I can get. Uh, <laughs> so. Otherwise, it's just boring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, you guys, I uh, am I'm glad that you have been now digitally introduced to one another. Um, we're just we're going to launch right into the trivia because I'm excited about this week's theme. This week's theme is pirates and other ne'er do wells. Hmm. Is this in honor of, of the fifth one? Um, it, uh, it is mildly in honor of that. It's, it's mostly in honor of the fact that Austin wanted to do the Davy Jones locker room talk tagline. Uh, so, mm. so topical. So it's so, so topical. topical. We do, as a cultural quiz show, we do have to sort of stay with the zeitgeist. One would expect. We have to. We have to go where the wind blows, and the wind is blowing towards Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, on that note, I'd like to thank Hans Zimmer for uh, providing us with the music for this podcast, the theme music. <laughs> you can check him out. Uh, He's on at SoundCloud. The Room. Yeah. I think he's doing an open mic night at uh, Quenchers. 
<laughs> on Tuesday. So check him out there. He's got some really good stuff. Yeah, his, his SoundCloud. Make sure you is... buy him a pint first. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, our, our, our first category of trivia is going to be pirates and pop culture. And very illiterate. Th- thank you. Uh, just just to be clear, you did say alliterative, right? You didn't say illiterate. No, uh, alliterative. Okay, good. Um, yeah, those alliterative and illiterate sound very similar. I found d- during my research an absolutely incredibly interesting fact that I would like to ask you guys about. Do you know the origin of the stereotypical pirate voice that we see in movies, TV, etc.? This sounds like the setup for a uh, punchline. So, <laughs> um, I about. am. It wasn't, it, that wasn't part of my plan, but I will be fitting it in now. What's what's interesting about this is there is a single person who is largely responsible for giving us the like yo ho me matey yar har I'm a pirate I love gold. There's like one person who's who's basically responsible for for instigating that as the as the pirate voice that people use. It, and it's from a movie. It is originally yeah he so he was a uh, an actor from the 1950s ish. And yeah, he was in a lot of pirate movies and because he used this voice and because he was like the quintessential actor, it just caught on. Jeez. He was in a lot of pirate movies. Yes. His name, his name is Robert Newton, which I'm, I wanted to say it clearly. And then I'm going to say it again as Robert Newton. (laughs) (laughs) What letter does that start with, Tony? (laughs) It's, it's. Uh, well, he went by Bobby, so it starts with a B. Oh. Uh, no, I'm totally <laughs> kidding. It starts with an R. Oh, just got chills. <laughs> Ryan is very scared of pirates. I am terrified. <laughs> scared slash aroused. <laughs> the, the double chills. Yeah, so he's he's famous for, in 1950, he played Long John Silver, and he used that... that uh, sort of West Country uh, England voice um, and he played Long John Silver again a couple years later he played uh, he played Long John Silver several times he was I, it's, I think oh, that's, I think that's yeah, sort of like a, a 19 like an early film era thing is is an actor playing the same role in multiple unrelated films yeah um, I know yeah. a lot of those cowboy guys did that yeah like, exactly Leon, like blondie you know he's he's the main character in all those movies yeah there's a guy who played Sherlock Holmes in like a hundred million different things and like by the end of his career was super sick of being Sherlock Holmes but that's just what he did uh, so I think that's just like a thing that they did did is... you know that uh, Clint Eastwood uh, maybe it was John Wayne one of those famous cowboy guys yeah didn't want like turned down many uh, cowboy roles because they didn't want to be typecast early in their career interesting but they couldn't fight the tide apparently fight the tide right that sounds like something a pirate would do i don't i don't know what it means but it sounds sounds like like something a pirate would say ryan i don't know about (laughs) fight the tide (laughs) yeah so so robert newton just seems like an interesting dude i mean he uh he he was in a TV series called The Adventures of Long John Silver. Twenty six episodes of The Adventures of Long John Silver. People cannot get enough of that 
greasy bastard. I guess not. And he played. He also portrayed Blackbeard in another film. Now Blackbeard was a real pirate, right? Yes, Blackbeard like a historical was, pirate. Was, yes, a, a man of a man of history, international man of history, so to speak. <laughs> Speaking of real pirates, thanks for providing that transition, Ryan. Speaking of real pirates, do you guys know why a doubloon is called a doubloon? Does it have something to do with the ship? It does not. Uh, well, according to Wikipedia. There are two theories, according to Wikipedia. I, w- I will accept as an answer either one of them. Could you buy two balloons with one gold piece? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, The balloon. Yar, I want me two balloons, and I brought one doubloon. <laughs> It's sort of like um, it's, uh, it's sort of like you know how they used to have the gold standard where they pegged the value of of a dollar right. to a certain amount of gold. This was the the the, the, the balloon standard. Pirate currency is based on the balloon. <laughs> the central bank of the Caribbean was had a giant reserves of balloons where they. <laughs> uh, I, while you're thinking of that, I'll tell you some other facts about doubloons. <clears throat> uh, they were typically made from 22 carat gold they would be minted in spain mexico peru and nueva granada Hmm. Hmm. i'll tell you this one of the theories is that it it, the doubloons typically featured a a double portrait of a uh, a king and a queen of spain do you have any guesses who that king and queen might be me, personally, I know of exactly two members of royalty of Spain, and these are the two members of royalty of Spain that I happen to know. Oh, jeez. You may know them from their adventures uh, with a young man by the name of a Christopher Columbus. Christopher Columbus. Yeah, um, what's her name? Yeah, I can't remember she either. was the monarch, right? She was, yes. Queen oh, Christine. Well, <laughs> n- No. Okay, I'm going to give you I'm going to take a sideways cultural trip here. There is a band that has a song called Take Me Out that in the middle of the song has probably Her the most man. Yes. And his queen or I guess he was uh, the king of Santa Santa Maria? Santa Maria. Pinta? No, her, her name is <laughs> the, the the queen Nina. Um, no, her name is her name is Isabella. It's Ferdinand and uh, Isabella. Mm. Yeah. So one of the reasons it's called, or one of the reasons they think it's called a doubloon, is it featured a double portrait of Ferdinand and Isabella. Is the other one that it was made from twenty-two karat gold? Oh, actually, you know what? Th- that is a new hypothesis that I'm I'm going to go ahead and put that on w- Wikipedia because we have the power to do that. <laughs> According to the existing Wikipedia article. Uh, it is because it was valued at two ducats, so it was double the word, double double ducats, d- doubloon. Mm. From the Spanish, doblon, meaning double. Double. Hmm. See, I wasn't that far off with my balloon guess there. No, you weren't. I, well, I mean, yes, you were. I mean, you were very well, off because the, the, the conceptually, though. <laughs> yes, conceptually, in that it's in that in that two appears. Yeah. Do you think uh, Skrillex gets paid in doubloons? <laughs> yeah, I'd be, I'd be dropping the beat here, matey. I was, uh, 
I'm trying to uh, right now. I want to tell you the joke that I'm trying to formulate. I'm trying to formulate a drop anchor and drop the beat joke here, but mm. so I, I'll let you. We'll just let's all ruminate on that for the rest of the episode. And if one of us comes up with a good uh, a good play on words for that, we'll just we'll inject it in. So I, I just I just kind of like the idea of a very realistic pirate film and when they drop the anchor skrillex comes on really loud <laughs> yeah the, there's just a giant like pirates are turning to each other like just wait for the drop <laughs> just wait for it just wait it's, it's so, so worth it i promise <laughs> very anachronistic <laughs> so you guys know about buried treasure right i've heard of it Fun fact about Buried Treasure, it, it actually was incredibly rare. It, like, there's only one, like, one known case of it, and that case of Buried Treasure is is somewhat disputed. That sounds like a, that sounds like it's very common and very effective to me. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. So, so, yeah, so maybe it's, it is common, it's just doing its job. So there's just right. one, so it just turns out that one pirate captain really sucks at hiding his treasure yeah we have a bad data set there right (laughs) i'm going to describe this pirate and i'm going to see if you guys so the pirate the one known case of 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 buried treasure of using buried treasure i'm I'm going to describe this pirate to you to see if you you know his name he was originally a privateer for england you know going intended to fight for for england but then he sort of did the old switcheroo and he uh, he became a pirate himself, and he buried the treasure because he was hoping he could, like, during his trial for piracy, he was hoping he could say, well, I have some buried treasure, and I won't tell you where it is if you kill me, so don't kill me. Mm. But it didn't yeah, work. It didn't work because he ended up getting hanged. But but can you imagine if it had worked? I... <laughs> Was it Captain Kidd? Oh, my goodness, Ryan. Is that is that right? Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, I just know that Captain Kidd had, like, an island, allegedly, is the, how I heard it. Yeah. Where all of his treasure was. Yeah. He, <clears throat> he, he, he allegedly buried it on an island. It is a matter of some dispute. The The Wikipedia article for Captain Kidd is, is laughable because nearly every single sentence ends with one of those little citation needed tags. Um, <laughs> So, so they're somebody, just blindly theorizing. Exactly. Somebody like somebody literally like had a, a free afternoon and was like, "I wonder what Captain Kidd's life was all about." <laughs> but it's, instead of looking it up, I'm going to make it up. Uh, There's also only one authenticated treasure chest in the world. What are the criteria for authenticating a treasure chest? <laughs> well, okay. So this uh, this all comes from the website of a museum in, in Florida that says, you know, we have the only authentic treasure chest in the world. So take it with a grain of salt. Sure. Um, sure. I'll take it with a whole ocean of salt. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Thanks for staying on theme with your skepticism, Austin. <laughs> uh. Yeah, so this museum is called the Pirate Soul Museum in St. Augustine, Florida. Uh, yes, and according to their website, they, they have the only known treasure chest owned by Thomas II, whose nickname, okay. is, whose nickname is the Rhode Island Pirate. I didn't know uh, there were many pirates from Rhode Island. Yeah, actually, so it turns that's out... Why it's, that's, that's why he's the Rhode Island Pirate, right? not the <laughs> yeah. It turns out there was exactly one, and that's how we got his moniker. 
Thomas too. Yeah. I like to imagine that he was trying to imitate Captain Kidd and like trying to get his own island, and he went to Rhode Island because he thought it was an island. <laughs> this is bullshit. <laughs> Yar, this be bullshit. <laughs> yeah, but apparently it's huge and and only part of the time was used to actually carry treasure. Most of the time it was used to carry his personal effects. Hmm. Like his makeup and his... <laughs> his eyeshadow. <laughs> Gotta have that eyeliner, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Disguises. Disguises. Yeah, that's Thomas too. How is two spelled? T-E-W. How would you pronounce that? I think it's two. 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 Thomas. Now, is that, Thomas is that a laser sound. Is that a moniker that he adopted, or is that like his given Christian name? Uh, you know, according to Wikipedia, it is his his, his given Christian name, Thomas Two T E W. I believe his hmm. his his street yeah. name, so to speak, was the Rhode Island Pirate. The Rhode Island Pirate. <laughs> Why? That's a, uh, that's such a downgrade. It's it got such a snappy name. Why did Thomas Two? Yeah. Well, they you think he had to kill Thomas One? To... <laughs> Yeah, it's like the Dread Pirate Robert, Robert, where you you kill you kill the previous captain and then you take his name and then add a number, add a number to the end. Yeah, yeah. Th- Thomas fifty six is now living off the coast of Somalia. <laughs> is is that an okay joke to make? Is that tasteful? I don't. I don't know. That was like well, ten years ago. Yeah. Right, and it's like that. Those are the only pirates we ever hear about anymore. Okay. Yeah. Good. So. I was, yeah, just, I was okay. just trying to make it relevant for people today. That's relevant. <laughs> Good. Um, I had a joke earlier that I was trying to formulate about Captain Kidd's burying children on his island. Okay. And that's how I got the that's how I got the name. <laughs> but his I, last name is I Kidd. yeah, but I didn't do that because I thought it'd be yeah. in poor taste. That's, yeah, it's borderline distasteful. Thank you, thanks, yeah. for, thanks for bringing it up, though. This is you know you brought it up in a safe space. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All the all the poor taste was on you. And I could kind of <laughs> just slip it in there. Uh, C- Captain Kid could actually be another uh, sort of upgrading captain, where Captain Kid killed Captain Toddler, and then the guy who killed Captain Kid is Captain Young Adult. What if Captain Kid killed an infant goat, and uh, <laughs> and he's succeeded by Captain Ram, which would be a badass name for a pirate. Captain Ram Captain would be Ram. a good name. It would be. Captain Ram actually would be an interesting name for a modern-day, like, a media pirate, like a Pirate Bay pirate, because Ram could stand Ooh. for Random Access Memory. Yeah. Which would be kind of cool. Or Random Access Memories. The Daft if Punk album. If you're, if you're Daft Punk, yeah. So, you heard it here first, Daft Punk are pirates. <laughs> I always suspected something. <laughs> what How do they, they ever show their faces? Yeah, what are they hiding under there? It's a bunch of eyeshadow and a, a beard with like twirlies on the end. Dreadlocks. Dreadlocks. Yeah. Neglect clumps. <laughs> well, I mean, it fits with our our theory because some people have have thought that Daft Punk is several people that have Ooh. kind of gone out in public under the monikers and you know Daft Punk. When in reality, it's just two guys making music. They don't always make the public appearances. Interesting. Huh. I didn't realize mm. that was a, I didn't realize that was a fan theory. I don't know if it is. Oh, 
I'm a fan. Uh, and, and it's, it's my theory. It's, so. it's your theory. It's, it meets every component of the definition of a fan theory. You know, if you're going to get, like, worldwide famous, that's probably a good way to do it. Because I bet they can still go to the grocery store, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Unless they go to the grocery store wearing those helmets. Yeah, but then I, I feel... Yeah, yeah. Look at how many frozen peas you could fit in one of those things. <laughs> you have to get frisked every time you left the grocery right. store. I'm sorry, Mr. Punk. We have to have to give you the metal detector. <laughs> Mr. Punk is my father. <laughs> you can call me Daft. Call me Daft. <laughs> you, and him also. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the the Punk Bros, so to speak. Um. Uh, so, so that that is that's pirates and pop culture. Our our next category is uh, we're gonna, so I said I said that the the topic of today was pirates and other ne'er do wells. So that, so we've covered pirates and we're now going to move on to ne'er do wells. And this this topic is real crimes that inspired works of fiction. Okay. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to describe the crime slash criminal, and I'm going to have you guys try to guess what work of fiction. It inspired. Hmm. I'm ready. Good. You feel prepared? All right. Uh, the first, the first criminal is a man by the name of Pierre Lassenier, a Frenchman. <laughs> is that how he would like it pronounced? <laughs> he uh, is a murderer and swindler who wrote about his own crimes, and he said that to kill without remorse is the highest of pleasures. He is named, you know, his his actual name, Pierre Lasseignan, appears in, in, in a novel by uh, this author. And then later, this author's most famous novel features a, a character who is sort of like him. He was a sort of a, a hero. I don't know if hero is the right word, but he was a sort of a folk hero in France for being an, uh, like an anarchist and anti-bourgeois. A Robin Hood type. Yes. Hmm. Yes, his, his, his era was, he sent to trial in 1836. So you, you want to think about an author who was writing just a little bit after that. Hmm. I mean, Lemus has a huge cast of characters. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the fact that he's French is actually just a little bit misleading uh, because the, the author was not French. So you, you did a very good job of picking up on, on an unspoken clue there. However, I, I, I'll cut it off there because he was, he was not French. He was... From a little further east, he was mm. he was he was Russian. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, man, you got a doozy of a question here. There's another reference to so the the band the uh, what's that band called the goat the goat the the green the green the what's that band mountain called? goats the mountain goats yes so there's a line from a mountain goat song wherein they say Raskolnikov felt sick but he couldn't say why. When he saw his face reflected in his victim's twinkling eye, so Raskolnikov is the name of the character who is based off of Pierre Lassenier. What hmm. book, do you know? What book Raskolnikov is featured in? Ooh, yeah, I don't. I know that Don't Goat song. Yeah, it's a good song. It <laughs> is. Um, I don't know either. So War and Peace. Well, okay, so you've now hit upon the sort of formula that the title takes, which is noun and noun. Crime and punishment. Crime and judgment. Yes. Or, yeah. Crime Ooh. and punishment. Exactly right. Mr. Dostoevsky wrote about uh, 
or was inspired to write about Pierre Rossignol, which is kind of interesting. Can you spell the name? Can you? Yeah. Spell the <laughs> I really think I'm nailing the pronunciation. But I I'll can't just... tell if you're having a stroke or. A... <laughs> I will. I mean, I will spell it for you. It, it is kind of sounds like uh, you're choking on milk every time you say. Got <laughs> milk coming out of your nose. The, so Pierre P I E R R E standard. The last name is L A C E N A I R E. Oh yeah, uh, I can see that. Now. Okay, so how would you guys pronounce it? If you think you're so great, Les Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I, uh, I have a horrible French accent. <laughs> well, mine is very good. So <laughs> very realistic. <laughs> So yeah, that's crime, crime and punishment, Dostoevsky. The the next criminal. Uh, so basically, uh, what happens is this this old guy is found killed. Some of his possessions are stolen, and then the uh, young guy who who goes to trial. The clue, the link to the work of fiction is that at the trial, he was very cool and self-possessed until all of a sudden his confession burst forth because he thought that the whole world saw his crime in his face. So he, he sort of suddenly and, and without warning admitted to the crime. Hmm. I will, I will give you a few other clues to give you sort of a sense of the milieu of the author, the lawyer's description of the crime during the trial was described as slow gathering of dreadful atmospheric details gloomy and full of gothic intrigue okay it is it is an american well so you want you want the author or the name of the work Uh, both if you can get the author that'll it'll get you started so my guess is it's edgar Allan poe you're very good ryan you're very very good but i don't I don't know what actual like piece it is referencing. Yeah, so but I do. I can't think of it. Uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll describe the piece in a little more detail. Since you've got Edgar Allan Poe, so the 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 short the short fiction in in question basically tells the story of a young man who lived with an older man, and he murdered this older man. Telltale yes, heart. Yes, the telltale heart. And yeah, so the the story basically goes that he like. He is like hearing the sound of this old guy's heart still beating and he thinks that everybody can hear it and he suddenly bursts forth with the confession at the end. Mm-hmm. But that is – it's based on the, a, a true killing and then true, tr- true trial. Oh, wow. That's some, good, that's some good shit. Yeah. Hey, I'm looking at this French guy's name. Yeah. I'm seeing, I'm seeing Perry Lacanary. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd like to go back – and if you can pronounce it correctly, it I think I could get it I will, first. I will be first sure. Flush. I will be sure to edit that back edit. in. Yeah. So just just to make sure. So uh, we'll, we're, let's just go back in time and pretend like you haven't. So um, okay. So, uh, so Austin, the the criminal's name is uh, uh, Perry Lacanary. Uh, any any idea? Oh, who that crime might have been? and punishment. Oh, okay. Awesome. <laughs> Brilliant. Softball. Okay. Are we even recording yet, or is this war- is this warm up? Is this a warm up? <laughs> He's a pretty well, interesting dude, though, isn't he? Are you on his, his Wikipedia page? No, I didn't read anything else. I just, I just wanted to see, wanted to see it in writing with my own two eyes. Sure, sure. Apparently, he was a poet. Oh, hmm. interesting. A would-be poet. His 
What yeah. the when you're when you're a, when you're a murderer, it sort of overshadows all the other uh, activities that you would take part in. Sort of like O.J. Simpson was a football player and actor, but he really is a murderer. Right. He's uh, he's up for parole this year. Is he really? Yeah. Yeah. This he, this uh, for the because he got he got busted for like a break in right he broke into somebody's yeah and tried to steal stuff. well no it was a it was a hotel room in Las Vegas oh, um, okay. one of the people who worked for him like had stolen a lot of his memorabilia that was pretty valuable okay and he heard that it was in this room with this cellar in Vegas so he went there with a bunch of guys and like guns and took it. But then they also took all this, like, Pete Rose and, like, other really famous athletes. Gotcha. While we're really here. <laughs> yeah, so it kind of turned into a strong-armed robbery. And, uh, gotcha. So we've been in jail in, ever since. We're in the room. The memorabilia is here. Yeah, I get that. I get that. I, get that. I, I understand that. Maybe he was just confused. You know? like, I'm going to have to drop one of these gloves if I'm going to carry all this stuff. <laughs> This I, tiny, maybe tiny the boxes glove. weren't labeled well. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Interesting. So he's up for parole. Yeah. He's be a free man again. On the topic of murderers, let's let's talk about the next murderer. This is a guy, a serial killer of sorts, who actually inspired two works of fiction. So I'm I'm going to read the whole description, and and there are going to be a lot of important details in these whatever, two short sentences. So I want you to listen carefully and then tell me the two works of fiction that this guy inspired. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. His name is Ed Gein, arrested in 1957 for murdering two women in Wisconsin. When police searched his home, they found furniture and clothing made of skin and female body parts. He had raided graveyards to make a skin suit that he planned on he planned to wear while pretending to be his dead mother. Sounds the lambs and psycho. Oh, Austin, home run yeah. and second home run. Yeah. Oh, you doubled down on the home running. I had no oh. idea that Norman Bates and uh, Wild Bill, I think is his name, yes. and uh, yes, or Buffalo Bill. Uh, Buffalo Either way, was that, Bill. that both of those characters yeah, are Buffalo basically Bill. the same person. Yeah. yeah. They actually, I think, I think, uh, Wild Buffalo, uh, Bingo Bango Bongo Bull Bill. I think he's inspired by a few different serial killers, but yeah, the certainly the skin suit aspect of him. Which, by the way, spoiler alert, I guess. Um, yeah, I don't know. That movie's like twenty years old. Yeah. If you haven't seen it by now, yeah, I don't have much sympathy. Okay, good, and we'll punish you by ruining it for you. <laughs> um, yeah, Mister. Uh, Mr. Ed Gein, yes, he inspired uh, two. <laughs> Mr. Ed, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Ed Gein is a great, is a great name for episode. Yeah, he actually also inspired a TV show about a horse. Unrelated. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that is fascinating, Tony. Yeah, and uh, really you're right. The clues were the clues were buried right there. It was very, yeah, it was dense with, with information. Dense. It, it was beautiful. It, it puts the, it puts the lotion in the basket. Uh. That's one of those Every things trip. where it's like it's so casually referenced all the time, but then like when you actually think about like how horrifying that scene is, it's like such a horrifying scene. I heard a lot of Bath and Body Works. Um, <laughs> people kind of whispering it to each other. <laughs> that joke has a number of 
interesting implications. Uh, one of which is that you spend a lot of time in Bath and Body Works, and not only mm. do you spend a lot of time there, you spend a lot of time listening in on people's whispered conversations in Bath and Body Works. <laughs> it's a lot of interesting conversations in Bath and Body Works. <laughs> Lots of lotion references. But actually, I, I wonder if, you know how like, you know, certain, you, you work in a certain job and you get sick of a certain kind of joke, like, you know, or even like, you know, you guys are both really tall guys, so you probably get the joke, like, do you play basketball? How's the weather up there? Yeah, how's the weather up there? You get sort of sick of that. I wonder if people who work at, at Bath and Body Works get sick of the, it puts the lotion in the basket jokes. One would think. Yeah. I mean, you gotta assume. Their response is also the second, the next line in the film, which is, Put the lotion in the fucking basket. <laughs> They're like joking around. Right. They're just trying to check these people out at the counter. Your, I'm sick of your shit. I'm sick of your buffalo bullcrap. <laughs> <laughs> God, all I want to do is make a joke about dropping the beat and dropping the anchor. That's all I want in this world. Hoist the anchor and drop the beat. And drop the beat. Oh, okay. That kind of has the sound. Of, that's like if there actually was a movie made about uh, Skrillex being a pirate. That would be like the, the tagline. <laughs> the tagline, yeah. Hoist the mainsail and drop the beat. Skrillex this summer. Oh. One night only at the Tortuga Palace. <laughs> or is it Tortuga? Yeah, it's Tortuga. Yeah, Tortuga. Yeah. I always thought it was weird that they named like a pirate utopia after a turtle. A turtle. Is it is it tortoise? I think you mean tortoise. Tortoise. I saw on the topic of of the distinction between turtles and tortoises. This is going to be a little bit of a side trip, but it's funny enough that I want to mention it. I saw a very funny picture of um, some guy on Facebook who like posted an album of him like picking up a uh, what he believed to be a turtle and saying like I saved this guy for, he was like on the street and so he picks it up off the street and throws it into a lake and there's a picture of him throwing it into the lake but it's a tortoise and, oh God. and tortoises oh, can't no. swim oh, so no. this guy this guy thought he was doing something wonderful by saving a tortoise or saving a turtle and actually just drowned a tortoise <laughs> even if it was a turtle I think that's kind of yeah. like let him choose <laughs> to go yes. in the water yeah. don't just yeah, where does that guy get there? off <laughs> It puts the turtle in the lake. <laughs> That's like snatching a kid off the street and throwing throwing him into a ball pit. I've seen I've seen kids in these things before. <laughs> <laughs> Except it's a ball pit where like it, it, they wouldn't be able to get out and wouldn't be able to breathe in it. Have you ever been oh, in God. a ball pit, Tony? <laughs> you know what I have. <laughs> that, that is a pretty accurate description of a ball pit, actually. What do you think's dirtier? A ball pit or that that same volume of lake water? Oof! I gotta go with the ball pit, man. I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll say. How about this? Which lake? Because you're, if you're talking Lake Erie, Lake Erie is a dirty lake. That's true. That's true. But if you're talking Lake Superior, that's crystal clear on a fall day. Except for that's all that great. iron, iron ore, <laughs> just rusting at the bottom of it. Yes. The Edmund Fitzgerald. Yes. Which is another reference to our previous episode. But also to a real-life story. But so good job, Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I sort of think when, when we talk about something on the show, we sort of own it at that point. It sort of becomes our intellectual property. Right. We repurpose it. Yeah. Rebranding, I think, is what... Yeah. <laughs> 
it's retooled for our own our own needs. <laughs> okay, uh, so those those are three real crimes that inspired real works of fiction. You know, this the stories in the fiction are are fake, but the sto- the, the the stories themselves are real. They're real. As as my dad used to say, it's not a true story, but it is a truth story. Oh, Jim, Jim the Winger, <laughs> <laughs> spitting spitting truth bombs to young Ryan. Getting existential with <laughs> six year old Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is interesting. I wish I had a dad. <laughs> Austin, <laughs> I, I do know I do. that you have a dad. I happen to I do know have that you, you even you look like your dad. I I was recently looking at a, a Facebook picture of you as a baby surrounded by your parents, and your father has a very surrounded, nice... just surrounded by parents. <laughs> exactly, you're <laughs> overwhelmed by them. Mm, yeah. Uh, yes, my father and I do look very much alike. Yeah. He, uh, you know, he's had some good some good idioms and and wisdoms oh, like yeah? that one. Oh um, yeah. Yeah, I can't think of any at the moment. But <laughs> my, my my dad's favorite is um, "Be alert, we need more alerts." Oh, which, what a classic! Which isn't necessary. What, is that, what, is, what does that mean? Like be a alert, as if alert was a noun. So be alert, we need more alerts. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, I mean, it's okay. <laughs> But that is a favorite of his. Uh, Austin, have you? Uh, now that I've given my example, have you thought of any mis- Mr. Sisson lines? No, my dad is so good at making puns. Okay. Um, but there, it's lightning in a bottle. You know, it's the kind of thing that the half life on Rob Sisson puns <laughs> is about is about two seconds. So, um, okay. any sort of replication or uh, record making. Yeah, kind of deprives them of their it's, uh, it's, their it's joy. A, it's ephemeral. Ethereal. Yeah, That's what I'm looking for. And in fact, it, it, the Half Life is so fast that sometimes before he finishes the pun, <laughs> you've, pre- you've predicted the ending. You've chuckled. You've groaned. <laughs> you've, um, you've gone through the, the five stages of dad joke grief. The five stages of of dad joke grief. <laughs> uh, our dads have good dad names. My dad's name is Joe, Joe, Jim, and Rob. Sounds like a country trio if I ever heard of one. <laughs> or one name, one country, one country yeah. man's name. Kind of a Billy Bob Thornton. Joe, Joe, Jim, Rob, and Billy Bob Thornton team up. Rob, Rob, Jim, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the next category. So we did we did real crimes that inspired works of fiction. We are now going to do works of fiction that inspired real crimes. Oh God! Yeah. Ooh. In uh, in 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 the legal world, in in the law, in the law, in the law book. What do you think the Matrix defense is? Ooh. Um, I guess this is just a shot in the dark, but that the Matrix defense is that I am not responsible for my actions because I believed that none of this was real. Oh, Ryan, you have had some dynamite guesses today. That's very I mean, good. I, yeah, 
it's it's sort of a subset of, of insanity defense whereby people who have watched The Matrix will say, I, I believed, like the movie The Matrix, that we are not in a real place. But when you die in The Matrix, you die in real life. It's like they didn't even watch the movie. <laughs> well, right. They skimmed it. They skimmed the movie. Yeah. Uh, some people, some people who have tried to use the Matrix defense in 2003, a an Ohio woman was actually found not guilty by reason of insanity using the uh, the, the Matrix defense. She shot her landlord several times in the head, believing that uh, the landlord was trying to brainwash and kill her. Um, <laughs> so. Dod- dodge this, Gerardo. <laughs> <laughs> You do have to get up close and personal with those, with those sentient programs. Right. Uh, another guy. I kind of thought the Matrix. I thought the Matrix defense might be like planting a glove in Keanu Reeves' apartment. <laughs> oh right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the Matrix defense is just is pinning your crime on a cast or crew member of the Matrix. <laughs> it's like it wasn't me. It was the Wachowskis. The Wachowskis? <laughs> we, we can't call them the Wachowski brothers anymore. Yeah, Because neither of them are brothers anymore. Yeah, they're, 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 right. They're the Wachowski's sisters now, right? They're the sib- I think siblings is the, is the preferred. preferred yeah, it's brothers. non-binary, Tony. Okay. I, just, I, thought that they, I, I thought that they were both trans post-women. They are. Women. They, I, they are. But I, I, think, I think that you're they so, still prefer. You're so stiff. I'm, Austin, I'm just so I, listen. I'm trying. I'm trying to stay up with this. The world moves very uh, fast. No, I agree. You know, I feel for you, Tony. That is a learning curve a learning that curve. just it it came through our culture thick, like real quick. Yeah, and, and I, I'm totally pro. I'm totally exactly, pro. totally pro. exactly. Just give me a minute to readjust my bearings. Exactly, totally pro. <clears throat> uh, another guy who successfully used the Matrix defense, 2002. He believed that he had been sucked into the Matrix when he chopped up his landlady. So another, <laughs> another landlord. Uh, yeah, landlord slash landlady getting attacked. It's tenants. <laughs> exactly. And their obsession with the Matrix. Right, yeah. The renter, it turns out renters are very are prone to believing that they are in the Matrix and retaliating. So I don't, I don't know if you guys remember. Austin, you're, you're, a young, you're a young man, but so you may not remember this. But do you guys remember the... Uh, the DC sniper from I do. from like uh, whatever two thousand oh yeah something? Yeah. yeah he too he I, I don't know if, I don't think he actually used the Matrix defense but he did at one point like he was just like drawing and and some whatever and he wrote the phrase free yourself from the Matrix or free yourself of the Matrix so you know I guess that seems like I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not saying it's a good defense. I'm just saying that he maybe he believed that he was in the Matrix all the time. Was was he the one who they did a post mortem autopsy and found like a huge tumor um, in his brain that they think was like causing him to act irrationally? Oh boy! Oh boy. Now I'm gonna have to look this they up, found, Ryan, because otherwise this is gonna be a slanderous podcast. Yeah. Found, Let me they look found it up. Several. Uh, Plugs in his wrist and in the back of his head. <laughs> Let me look it up. Let me look it up. Or was that the uh, the Texas one? The ta- the bell tower sniper. That, that might be. Who it I is. think. I think. Yeah. I think it was the. I think it was the Texas one. I think you're right. 
Only in America are we sitting here shooting the shit about oh, which which yeah. uh, horrible heinous murderer was that again? Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't, I don't think it was. The, yeah, I think you're right. I think it was the Texas guy. Uh, and I, actually, while I was looking this up, I, I found out an interesting fact. What uh, what would you, what percent of insanity claims would you say uh, that are argued in court succeed? Oh, it's it's very low. I think. Yeah, it is. It's it's, it's like. It's like single digits, I would say. Yeah, yes, like... indeed, it is less less than single digits. It's fewer than one percent really? of yeah, fewer than one percent of point like four. I, I, it just says fewer yeah. than one percent, but yeah, fewer fewer than one percent of the contested claims. Some of them are not contested. Like some, it's just like okay, this person is obviously mentally ill. But of the contested claims, fewer than one percent go through. Wow, which I thought was interesting. So it's a risky defense, the Matrix defense. But uh, the Matrix defense, yes. Yeah, you'd really have to you'd really have to dodge a bullet. Ooh. Okay. Get it? <laughs> <laughs> uh okay, so th- this time this time uh, I'm going to describe the crime and I'm going to ask you guys to uh to tell me what uh what work of fiction it was inspired by. There was a young man in I believe 2009 by the age he was 17 years old and he set off a bomb made out of fireworks a plastic bottle and electric tape outside a starbucks in new york and that that mm. what they made that into a movie no he was no he was he was inspired by a work of fiction this did not oh that's okay we, we, yeah. switched, we moved on to a new category so what uh what, vendetta uh no although you're sort of a you're 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 getting there okay Ooh, i think i know this um, taxi driver. Uh, no, although taxi driver did inspire the guy who shot, um, the guy who shot Ronald Reagan. I think. Did he actually hit Ronald Reagan? I think he did, didn't he? And in any case, he shot. He certainly shot at him. Yeah, I think he did. We're so young. He, the guy who the guy who spooked Ronald Reagan. <laughs> yeah, he certainly, yeah. Whether or not he actually hit him with a bullet, he definitely did spook the man. Uh, there was a lot of fuss. <laughs> certainly, certainly. There was, like, there was a kerfuffle about the whole thing. Yeah, the man who the gunshot, him. the gunshot heard by Ronald Reagan. Right, <laughs> round round the Ronald Reagan. Yeah, so the man who caused a kerfuffle around Ronald Reagan with a gun-related incident claimed to have been inspired by Taxi Driver. But it is, so it's relevant that it was a Starbucks because, you know, Starbucks is sort of the consummate corporate corporation, I guess. Also mm. important that it was a bomb. Uh, Fight Club? Yes. Oh, nice. Yes. This you young go. man by the Makes name sense. of Kyle Shaw believed that he was, uh, he was starting his own, his own project mayhem. The, um, in, in the newspaper article about this kid, it's just some brilliant reporting here. Uh, I'm going to read this line from you. All right. Uh, the teenager's fondness for the movie and book by Chuck Palahniuk was well known. A former classmate of his told the New York Times he wanted to watch the movie in our English class in the 11th grade. We were discussing existentialism in class, and he suggested we watch the movie as an example. We ended up watching I Heart Huckabees. <laughs> it's like, hey, well, good, scoop, good scoop there, Mo. You found out that they watched <laughs> I Heart Huckabees instead of Fight Club. <laughs> in uh i mean i that movie i heart huckabees i think does a better job of at least introducing the ideas of ex- existentialism a little better than uh... okay so ryan i i don't think we disagree on that well the the reason it's silly is that it has very little to do with, with the crime at hand that's i guess that's true his mom used to say he was a odd bird 
My mom makes me bean and cheese quesadillas <laughs> sometimes. Exactly. Back to you, Janet. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. What is I Heart Huckabees about? It's about this poet who uh, he there's this store Huckabees that's supposed to be kind of like Walmart, and he starts this uh, coalition against them, and they're all having these existential crisis crises. Um, all the characters are, and they all are clients of these existential investigators who you like hire to make sense of your life. They like monitor you. It's actually pretty funny. It's a good movie. It's uh, David O. Russell, one of his earlier ones. Oh no way! I yeah. had no idea. Yeah, I like David O. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a good director. Three Kings is great. Three Kings. I yeah. like the the Silver Linings playbook. Yeah, indeed. Also, a pretty existential movie. Yeah, yeah. Not not basing value on uh, external. External things. You gotta Finding it from for within. It. Yeah, true. Definitely. Yeah. Well done, guys. Um, <laughs> I have uh, another another crime that I will describe to you, and I will ask you to describe uh, what uh, what work of fiction inspired these uh, these two two teenage girls. Um, the 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 crime was that they they a prank called a woman. And uh, left a voicemail message that included such phrases as, I want to play a game. You need to decide if life is worth living for. Later they said, it will kill you in half a minute. So you decide. It's your game. Do you want to live or die? Uh, I feel like Saw. Yeah. Saw. Yeah. That is exactly right. Um, so someone imitated the jigsaw killer. Exactly. Yeah, these girls called, as far as I can tell, just a random old lady, and they told her that uh, they had, you know, that they had like somehow filled filled some filled like a house with toxic gas or something like that. Um, and ooh, I can hear sirens in the background. It's, it's, I was what of you being arrested? Yeah, I don't. I, I was was, I was one of you inspired to commit me. a crime? Yeah, this podcast inspired me to. <laughs> have you been, to go have you been committing a break crime? into Skrillex's house? I'm <laughs> skyping on my phone. Uh. <laughs> um, yeah, so the, yeah, they they called this lady. Uh, it scared her so much she had a stroke, which is crazy. Um, and the, the girls, you know, got caught because they were using a cell phone. A cell phone call got traced, and uh, they were charged with phone harassment. Phone harassment. Yeah. They didn't even get, like, manslaughter? Involuntary? Well, she the, the woman lived. Like, she had a stroke, but she did live. So oh, okay. I don't, think you can okay. Get, I don't think you can get manslaughtered if, if you survive. That's true. That's true. Spooking. Uh, the, the, final, uh, the final crime <laughs> that I will describe for you is as follows. A, I'll just read directly from the uh, from the uh, the newspaper article. After a 13 year old girl was bitten by a male classmate, a vice principal at their school investigated and learned that the boy had bitten 10 others in one month. When contacted, the boy's father said that it had been his son's love with this film, which made him bite fellow students. Twilight. Yep. <laughs> really? Yeah. No way. Yep. This thirteen-year-old, oh, wow. this thirteen-year-old dude just loved Twilight, and his way of showing that was to bite his classmates. 
Did they in Munton? Did they do a lot of biting in Twilight? I thought it was more like intense staring and yeah. like yeah. They, I mean, they are vampire. So I'm not an expert because I've only seen the first one. Have Have either of you seen them? I've seen a couple. Okay. I've seen a couple of them. I don't remember which ones that I saw. Twilight inspired me to learn how to play baseball. So <laughs> it's not so far off. Yeah. Um, I saw the great... one where, where when it ends, the, the bad guy, the antagonist, just like can see the future. And he sees that he loses the fight. And then he just doesn't fight. <laughs> <laughs> Sort of the definition of a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's kind of yeah. That's what my job search is like right now. <laughs> oh, Austin. No, that's okay. I'm. I like my job. Okay. Um, uh, and I, I believe in you. I, I, I believe in your power to, 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 to find something that that suits your talents and your abilities, and also something that you you like to do. Hmm. Yeah. So this this kid, he beat, he bit eleven of his classmates before they did anything, which is crazy to me. <laughs> did he tell them um, that he was a vampire? Was he like uh, the, the only? So they don't quote the kid himself. They only quote the dad saying it must have been Twilight because apparently he was just totally in love with Twilight. It may also just be that this dad is a horrible parent and 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 like. Tells his son to bite kids and and just blames this blames all his mistakes on on the media. It could be that the dad was a vampire, <laughs> you um, know, and he was deflecting by pointing to a very silly Hollywood portrayal of a vampire family. Austin, I didn't even think of that. Well, well it worked on me. That's a genius. <laughs> yeah. When did this, this happen? I don't know. I don't have the must year have been recently. Happened, but yeah, it must have been somewhat recently. So there's there vampire, <laughs> vampire dad. Walk- <laughs> oh come Can on, you imagine, vampire, like, dad. vampire dad! Don't tell people I watched that horrible movie. <laughs> vampire dad comes. Uh, he it's his turn to bring snacks to the soccer team, and he actually brings blood pouches instead of Capri Sun. <laughs> vampire dad, starring. <laughs> Who would be the lead in Vampire Dad? Uh, it's just the cast of uh, Vampire Diaries. So what is it? What is it? Tom Cruise and, and Brad Pitt. And... I, I think you're thinking of Interview with a Vampire. Or Interview with a Vampire, yeah. yeah. <laughs> not, not Vampire Diaries, yes, thank you. Interview with a Vampire. Um, thank you for correcting me, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, it's a, a mistake. Um, what if it was just the cast of... Of Friday, what if it was just the the show of Friday Night Lights, but the dad was <laughs> but just the whole time? They're also vampires. In addition to playing football, they're also vampires. Yeah, a plot that doesn't get explored watch, until the later seasons. I'd watch that show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great. Vampire, vampire dad. <laughs> <laughs> he was late to my concert because he couldn't leave in the sun. <laughs> It does raise some practical questions about how. Son, you know the curfew. <laughs> home by home by sunrise. <laughs> he can never come over to my friends' houses because they have to invite him in. So if if and a vampire is weird, is that passed down like through from father to child? Is that? I think or would the kid need to be bitten too? I think your sperm die when you uh, 
when you turn into a vampire. I don't think that's true. I don't think you can impregnate. impregnate. I'm pretty sure the Robert Pattinson character impregnates the Kristen Stewart character, doesn't he? That's true. I don't know how how canon Twilight is, though, you know? (laughs) Well, even uh, uh, Dracula, he had like a harem, didn't he? Is he just just shooting blanks? Yeah, I don't know if any bore bore him a son. Did they? I don't know. Son of Dracula? This summer. (laughs) Dracula Jr. (laughs) Kevin Kevin Hart is Dracula Jr. (laughs) He'd probably do that. Um, Uh, Cool. Uh, Well, Austin, it's it's getting to be the time that you have to go, huh? That just flew by. It flew by. It really did. Um, I am am sad that we didn't. We went this whole podcast without talking about Ocean's Eleven. Damn it. Uh, I had we had our ch- well we can talk about it now. Uh, <laughs> uh, they, 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 what an all-star cast. It's a great film. A star-studded cast, excellent writing. Guys, the word pirate is very close to the word irate. Oh um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is there a pun? Is there a pun there? <laughs> is, there is there is there a joke there? Um, is there a joke there? I am. I am. I think maybe if you if you if you if you're angry about criminal activity on the high seas, you're pirate. Mm. I think there's yeah. also there's also a kind like of that. oh thanks Ryan. There's I also like a that. kind of rock I think called pyrite. Am I right about pyrite. that? Right. Fool's gold is pirate. Really. Okay, there's definitely yeah, a joke I, I there then. So. There's definitely a joke yeah. there then because pirates yeah, like gold. Pirates, pirate. Yeah. Oh yeah. Somewhere at, at, at the at the meeting of those words, there's a there's a good joke. <laughs> X marks the spot. <laughs> oh oh god. There's so much material there. You know, sometimes you know how in like a good horror movie, the most scary thing is like the thing that you don't see. Mm. I, I that's, think, a, that's a that's a that's a thing. Yeah, it it's back. sort of like the thing that's hinted at. The thing that you know, it's your imagination that makes it scary. That's sort of like this a joke is is we'll hint at the joke and then we'll let people sort of construct it in their mind and it'll be way funnier. I just I hope that like in a couple weeks a listener of this podcast is just in the shower and <laughs> yeah comes up with just, it. just chilled with the with the joke <laughs> that suddenly pops into their mind. <laughs> Anyway, uh, yeah, Ryan, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for having me, guys. I appreciate I appreciate you letting me be on and uh, the flexibility with recording and all that. Was, yeah, you guys were great. Took a while, but we got it. Austin, thank you also for uh, you're so welcome taking your time out here this evening. Um, Ryan, thank you yeah. for uh, joining oh, us awesome. on the show. Hey, it was great to meet you digitally. I'll have yeah. to, uh, I'll have to jump across the big lake and uh, meet you in person one of these days. The big dirty lake. <laughs> the big dirty. <laughs> the big dirty lake. <laughs> yes. Uh, in addition to uh, thanking you two, we want to thank everybody who's listening. We also obviously, obviously, want to thank Jude Chuma. He provides the intro and outro music, which is so good. And mm. on the topic of pirating things. Probably don't pirate Juchuma's don't. music. Probably find try to find a legal, a legal way to listen to his music. And I think you, I mean you can find it on Spotify. 
if you oh, go so easy if you go see a live show you can buy an album off of him he's always got he's always got uh he's always got cds on hand are there what other legal means do you have to listen to jude schumann's music just like going over to where he is just stop by dude do you mind do you mind just singing for me dude <laughs> Maybe creepy, Probably would, but, but legal. Right. Yeah, have him, maybe have him Snapchat you a song. That's what kids do, right? Kids are on Snapchat. That's what I hear. Yeah. Uh, cool. Well, thank you again, all of you. Thank you for listening. Uh, thank you, Jude. And uh, tune, in, tune in next week. And uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. Oh, yes. We're going to be on uh, – so this episode – by the time this episode is, is active, we will have been on iTunes for a little while. But we now have to start saying that at, at the end of every episode. Subscribe, review, rate, review. We have to do all the things that real grown-up podcasts do. Subscribe, rev- re- subscribe, review, rate, say nice things. Pass this along to your friends because the the way – that people hear about things is from other people. And you, listener, are, peep, yeah. are a person. So you do the math. All I right. need you to explain that to me one more time. <laughs> I'll explain it to you off air. Uh, All right. Goodbye. Goodbye.